Welcome back to Sister Knows Best. I'm Jolene. And I'm Sev. And, and we're, we're sisters. sisters. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Bye. Um, this is our last time I ever know. recording in this apartment. I was going to say that. That's so sad. So sad. We gave me up to last time. Yeah. 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 So we're officially moving. Um, I think Sunday is our last day here. Or the last day we can be here. We're probably going to, you know, finish moving everything on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm really excited about the new place. but And I know once we, like, it's how I felt when I moved here. I was like, mm-hmm. I can't wait to, like, make memories here so it feels more like home. I remember thinking that because it was, like, really depressed. I don't know. For me, like, when you move to a new place, it's, like, empty and sad and depressing, even if you furnish it, mm-hmm. until you have memories there. And yeah. so I remember feeling that way about this place. So I feel that way about there. I'm like, it's nice, but it's depressing because we don't have any memories there. So I'm hoping to like break it in throughout the summer and the yeah. year. Um, but like, it's sad. Like, I don't know. And thankfully, like you said, it's an easy move. Like it's in the same building and like, still familiar. yeah, like we'll have the same neighborhood. So it's not like a culture shock of like everything is changing, yeah. but it's still sad. I know. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it'll still be the same drive. It's the same everything, but like, yeah, so many memories. You've lived here for almost seven years. I know. That's crazy. When the hell did that happen? I know. <sighs> but, so, well, you know. This is my last time here. I know. Honestly, good riddance for some of the <laughs> yeah. things, but. I mean, the it's... new place is beautiful. It's an upgrade. Yeah. I won't make memories. Think of it during like, Christmas time. And I know. It'll be fun. But. I know. And our grandma's visiting from Germany, so I'm sure we'll have her over a couple times mm-hmm. and like. You know, we'll, we'll do fun stuff, but it's always sad. I don't know. I get attached to places. Yeah. Like, very easily. Like, even, like, ran – like, I remember, like, leaving, like, a hotel room one time. <laughs> like, when, when we went for, like, a week or something. I wasn't even a hotel. I don't know what it was. But, like, it, I feel so sad leaving. I'm like, I'm never going to see this place again. I don't know why. If I, like, have memories somewhere, it's really hard for me to leave. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, this was your first home after your – this is only your second home ever. Mm-hmm. Well, third, technically. Yeah. But well, like, fourth, technically. Hmm? When I was born, mom yeah. and dad lived somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then there. Uh-huh. And then here. Yeah. And then the next one. Okay, oh, you're not saying, counting the next no, one? Yeah. Okay. I'm talking here. <laughs> like, yeah, but this was your first, like, home that you moved into when you moved out. Yeah. Like, when you, were, you got married and, like, you made it your home. So yeah. So it's, like, your first home. Yep. Sad. Sad. But, Okay. I'm excited though for the new place. It looks really good. I'm okay. excited to like have it be even more furnished. I know, me too. I can't wait to get the boxes. Oh, there's so many boxes. <laughs> um, have you gotten anything else since I was there last? <laughs> a bunch of scratch posts for the cats. <laughs> I got one that's like pretty cute looking, and you put it up against the couch, uh-huh. and then one that's like, um, kind of like a ramp. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like light wood. It looks decent. Yeah. It doesn't look like an ugly scratch post. So I'm, tr- I'm hoping that'll deter them from. But you have to also train them. Yeah, I know. I have to keep moving them back there. Um, what else? You got a plant for the bedroom. Nice. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you. There's a couple new things. Are you doing like any dresser in the bedroom or no? I don't think so. Side I think tables? we're just going to have everything. Yeah. Side the tables in the closets downstairs. It's a weird setup, but no. we'll make it work. It's all good. Yeah. Well, very exciting. So yeah. the next time we record... 
It'll be the new place. It'll be yeah. nice because the our window is not going to be facing a main street. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's oh, no carpet. Oh, so no so. your biker gang anymore. <gasps> no biker gang. Good though, honestly. I, I know. We so can annoying. leave the windows open in the summer. I don't have be to nice. edit that out every single time. Yeah. It's so annoying. Oh my gosh. Um, There won't be carpets. So it might be kind of echoey. We'll see. I don't know. We're going to have rugs and stuff, okay. yeah, so hmm. it'd be echoey at the beginning. Yeah, we were there the other day, and Iman is so loud, plus, like, it's empty, so it echoes, and the ceilings are high. Like, you yeah. need to learn to talk quietly. Do you guys ever yell at each other? Yell? Like, yeah. out of anger? Yeah. Not really. I mean, like, yeah, we've, so like, shocked. had <laughs> out of anger. We've had arguments, but, yeah, I've told him, I'm like, we got to, like, yeah, like, watch what your, we say now. Are your neighbors going to be able to hear anything? He yells mostly when he's playing video games, mm-hmm. but I was thinking about it t- today because I was sitting out there mm-hmm. and he was yelling and I was like, it sounds like he's yelling at me. <laughs> like, we need to work on that. Oh, yeah. Or like when I'm just like complaining about people, I mm-hmm. need to like. Double, triple check. Yeah. Because it's echoey. And now we have like kind of like neighbors and we have neighbors now, but we're going to have more like direct neighbors. So I don't know. I feel like we have to be more careful. Perhaps. Yeah. Um, but anyway, how's your week been? Well, speaking of homes, yesterday was interesting. Um, I don't think you saw my Snapchat. So, I did. I saw it this morning. Okay. So. Yeah. Why were you there? Okay. So I'm, I go home yesterday. Because as usual, I do all my stuff, dishes, whatever, have dinner. And then it's like 1030 and I like 10 o'clock. I like finally sit on the couch. I'm watching something. It's like 10.30 and I check my phone and I have an email saying, like from my building, saying, oh, the cold water is out. You'll have hot water only until tomorrow. And I was like, thinking, like, I mean, I can make that work, you know, yeah. kind of weird. Usually it's the opposite. And like a couple minutes later, like, actually, there's no water. The water main broke. Uh, no water till tomorrow. I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do? Like, I have to get ready for bed. Like, so I was like, oh, okay. And it's 10.30 at night. So I text our mom and I was like, are you awake? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, can I come over? Like, I don't have water. And she was like, yeah, of course. So, like, I pack up all my stuff. Aww. Like, at 11 o'clock at night, I drive over there. There's kind of, like, a fun little unexpected sleepover. Yeah. Um, and she's sick, by the way. Did you know that? Oh, no. I. You know what's funny? When you sent that picture, I was going to say, is mom okay? She didn't look well. <laughs> well, she would also probably, like, just woken up. She's probably sleeping on the couch when I texted No, her. but she seemed, like, sick. Yeah. Well, she got, you know, the whole, like, chest cold. Me? I wasn't sick. You lost your voice. And I lost, lost my your voice, voice, but I had no other symptoms. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, so I hung out with her a little and then like slept there and it felt very Christmassy because usually yeah. when I sleep there, it's like holidays and Aww. the freaking weather it was raining today. And I'll just like, did you check? Oh, can't be mad. Although this isn't the gang. I think it's just one person. Um, did you check the weather app to see what it's going to be like this upcoming week? No. You're going to lose your mind. I'm going to show you right now. Saturday is sunny, right? Yeah. The weekend's supposed to be sunny. Raining. Like today, it wasn't like a. S- oh, it changed. <gasps> oh, thank God. Okay, so it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sunny, uh-huh. and then the entire rest of the week showed that it was going to rain. Oh my God. But now it's not. Who knows? This changes hour by hour. I'm over it. But yeah, it wasn't like a summer rain. It was cold all day, yeah. like dark clouds. Mm-hmm. Like just it felt like November. So, but it was kind of cozy last night. It felt like Christmas yeah. time. Yeah, it was so weird. And then I, yeah. I, I know. I saw that this morning and I was like, <clears throat> why would she randomly go there at like 11 like did she leave her house and go? it was so yep. weird because we were texting last night too with our mom and i was like okay she definitely yeah, wasn't yeah. there at that point yeah so weird and there are a lot of people like leaving when i was like people were just getting the hell out of dodge it felt like it was really i don't know it was weird yeah and then they didn't give any update throughout the day so i was like okay, i'm guessing no news is good news not they fixed it but i was like 
I'm like, we have water, but I went home and I did. Okay. But I was texting our, our mom. I was like, I might come over again. <laughs> she was probably so excited that you came I know. Over. And oh. then this morning she like made breakfast. I'm like, oh. so cute. Um, I need to sleep over more often. She's so far. For you. Yeah. I was like, I'm so <laughs> grateful that like, like they're 10 minutes away. Like if I, I always think like when worst case, if something happened, like there was like a, you know, natural disaster or something, it was nice that like I had somewhere else to go. Yeah. I could have come here too. Um, but yeah, it was like, I, uh, I felt for people who like didn't have somewhere else to right. go. They just didn't have water. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's nice that you have somewhere to go, but yeah, it's convenient that they're so close. Cause if yeah. you have to come here and then go all the way to work, that would have been a pain. Oh my God. But... I know. Yeah. They're actually a little bit closer to my work. So but yeah, it was a fun little, fun little adventure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, cute. Yeah. Um, what else? I feel like, oh, and then Friday. Oh yeah, I'm so excited. Dude, my brain's not working this week. I keep I keep forgetting about Friday. I was like so I, I was gonna text you today. I'm probably gonna have to get ready at your place. Yeah, it's fine. What time are you gonna come? When whenever you said like seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay. gonna plan to be I'm gonna come right after work. So I was gonna say like in the group chat, like if you wanna do finishing touches getting ready, but I was like, no, I want them to be on time. And now they're writing <laughs> together, so they're for sure both gonna be late. I know. But I told them a half hour earlier. So. Maybe I'll do my makeup there too. I was gonna get yeah. dressed there, but I think we'll have time, right? Because because we have time. I think doors open 8.30. Um, I would like to leave, like, probably 8.30-ish. Okay, yeah. Then yeah. we'll have time because I'm planning to get there at 7. I'm so yeah. excited. Do we say? No, we didn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I think I mentioned, like, a month ago or so, I went to, like, an ABBA night, like a 70s disco night. Um, and then I had so much fun that I was like, let me see, because they do a bunch of these. Um, and I saw that there was one in L.A. So I got tall and two of our girlfriends to get tickets and we're all going together i'm so excited I'm very excited it's gonna be so fun i think i, I need it like this week because i need to turn my brain off from this will be just from 2000 thing. from 2023 is that the year yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's where i am right now um and just like pretend we're in the 70s yeah that'd be great it's so much fun it's just gonna be like 70s music and dancing and i feel like i don't know there's good vibes yeah and i feel like the la one will be even better than the san diego one hopefully because like you know bigger budget i don't know yeah <laughs> like la shows versus san diego but yeah so like everyone's gonna come over we're all dressing 70s and everyone's gonna come over and we're gonna pre-game at my place and then go have a girls night out which we've never done with like just this group the girls, of girlfriends yeah. yeah are the guys doing anything that night probably not probably they probably not. don't even remember that we're going out yeah but yeah i'm excited it's gonna be really fun me too Aww. yeah yes I feel like I should listen to 70s music for the next few days to get in the mood. You should. I'm so excited. I know. Yay! So, yeah. You said it's not just, like, ABBA music, right? No, it's other 70s music. Great. Like, Gloria Gaynor. There was some, though, that I was, like, surprised they didn't play, but we got there when I went last time a little late, so I was like, maybe they played it in the beginning. Yeah. Like, there was Elton John, like, stuff like that. I'm like, but they maybe did it in the beginning, so we'll see. Earth, Wind, Fire, like, that kind of thing. Fun. Yeah. So we shall see. Um, even though it's a short week, because we had a long weekend, it oh, feels wow. like a long week. Yeah, I didn't realize it was a short week. Today I had like a two-hour meeting, followed by like another one-hour meeting, followed by an interview, and an interview in the morning. And I like didn't get to do anything. And tomorrow at 6.30, I'm giving like a HR talk. I'm not looking forward to it. After work? Because mm-hmm. oh. there's like a training for the summer camp stuff so i'm just standing up there in front of like 100 people oh and they're all gonna be very judgy because they're either gonna be like college kids their first summer job or like some of our there are a couple of our existing <coughs> teachers who are just like 
catty and like hate everybody and they're i think they're neither don't drink coffee don't don't it's gonna make you more anxious okay i mean i feel like it's the orientation i do like a thousand times i was gonna say you know more than any of them so just go in there they're lucky to have you and i think the catty ones are jealous of me yeah because i think one of them the story goes even though she has a husband and kids that she like had a crush on him kind of and then they both got in big trouble so now they like won't look anybody in the eye and i think they're jealous of me because i'm like close with him and i'm prettier than them (laughs) and we have to look really good tomorrow (laughs) but yeah i'm just like ugh. so that's the thing but then yeah friday i'll probably i'm gonna leave work at like five on friday okay good for you early (laughs) just so i can like you know clean my house and just get ready yeah that's good you're going to leave at a normal hour. I know, because I was telling my boss that, like, I'm staying late tomorrow. And he's like, so are you going to come in late? I was like, no. I'm like, I'll leave early on Friday, though. I was like, I, early, I mean, like, 5, 5.30. He's like, shut up. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So that'll give me ample time to get my stuff done. I almost scheduled something for 7 today. <laughs> and then, thankfully, the parents said it didn't work for them. And afterwards, I was like, oh, thank for God. For Friday? Yeah. Oh, my God. Was, that would not have worked. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Oh, I texted you today. I was working with a couple of people who are, like, in your industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I was just like, oh, I get you. And so it was like they're going to come, like, be, like, an aide in our summer camp program. So I was just talking with them about, like, qualifications, and I'm talking with one of them on the phone. But I was being very, like, accommodating with their schedules. Like, I know what your day looks like, and I know that you're constantly having to, like, shuffle things around. So Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And I was like, I get you. I want to throw in that. Oh, my sister's a VC. Yeah. I love when you do that. I always do that. If anyone like, like, no one knows what that is unless yeah, they're in the if they're field. in that field, they always are in there. They're always like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So watch yourself. Just so they know that, like, I get it, you know. Yeah. And I always do that with cool mom. Like, my sister's in HR and she said this is. Because <laughs> we don't have HR. So whenever something shady yeah. is going on, I'm like, well, my sister who's in HR said. I feel like your sister's in HR. That's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she's a cool guy. <laughs> I really am. Yeah, you are. You're a good person. That's why. Thank you. So like, weird. Our other friends in nature too. I know. Um, and yeah, I feel like I I go to bat for like people, like whether it's our employees or people on a hire, like like fighting for them to get more money or like just bringing the company to the 21st century. I'm like, yeah, you are so lucky to have me. <laughs> you know what I noticed about our friend group? Huh. None of us are in like stem or steam now it's steam mm-hmm. um fields except e-man oh <laughs> um right what about i don't know is that considered well, no because it's, it's art design. and technology i guess so maybe it's tech yeah but yeah most of our friends are like that's true that's oh, i thought that was interesting i was like because really yeah. most of us were psych majors that's one and you're a communications major which is mm-hmm. like kind of close and then we have an art history major. Who was? I think graphic design. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're all not super <laughs> scientifically brained. <laughs> so we get along. Yeah. Except you, man. Yeah, he was like an alien. So we make fun <laughs> of him so much. Aww. Um. Well, I know you're busy with the move and everything, so I just sort of took it upon myself to pick what you're doing. I know, because I thought, I figured we just weren't going to do it, but then I forgot to ask. <laughs> Yeah, so we, I don't even know how long ago, um, I'll, I don't know, put it in the description, I guess, but like we did an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, or maybe we've done a couple, where we just talk about like weird cases, true crime, or just things in history, and like they've never really fully been solved, um, but we, we've we done like stor- well, stories here and there, but we definitely had like a dedicated episode, I think, for like Unsolved uh-huh. Mysteries, Yeah, and then in like the last year or so, I've heard like 
a few news stories where like some of the stuff we've talked about have been solved which is pretty weird oh really yeah because these have been unsolved like decades and decades and we talk about them and like some of them were solved so i thought like there were enough of them i mean it's like a couple but i thought it would be interesting to like do a little follow-up to our unsolved mysteries episode and they're solved. I mean, some of them are like semi-solved. Like there's just solved de- unsolved mysteries. Yes, <laughs> there's like new development. Contribution to this episode. Perfect. I'll let you read some of them. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I even feel like we might have said in that episode, like, oh, I know this is frustrating because like there's no I answer. Hate it. Yeah. So some of these, like I said, they're like semi-solved, but I thought it was cool. Like, hey, we have an we have an update. That's so weird. So I'll try to do. Um, there's three of them, so it's not like a crazy amount, and like I said, they're not huge updates but whatever um and i think i'll try to give like a recap of the case and Mm -hmm. then kind of go into like the update so the first one is lady of the dunes do you remember that one no so that was the one let me just um so a 12 year old chasing after her barking dog discovered the mutilated body of a woman in the race point dunes of provincetown massachusetts in 1974 Law enforcement was unable to identify the victim who became known as Lady of the Dunes. Um, so for like, so they found this body. Um, she was found naked and lying face down under long grass. Um, the body was badly decomposed with insect activity indicating she had been dead for about two weeks. She was nearly decapitated from a brutal strangulation. The cause of death turned out to be blunt force trauma to the side of the head. There was no evidence of a struggle, but there was evidence of sexual assault that like occurred after death ah. in fact it seems her that her attacker had been lying next to her based on the angle of the blow to the head both her hands and one forearm were missing and several teeth had been removed her last meal consisted of a burger and fries her body was buried at saint peter's cemetery near the center of town with an inscription on a small gravestone unidentified female body found race point dunes blah, blah. Sad. um yeah other than two sets of footprints leading to the body and a set of tire tracks, there wasn't much to go on in terms of leads. Police ran the license plates of everyone who had visited the park around the time of the woman's murder. There was no record of her arrival to the area, so she may have been killed elsewhere and dumped at the site. Potential suspects over the years included Irish mob boss Whitley Bulger, serial killer Tony Costa, and serial killer Haddon Clark. So the first guy was known for removing his victim's teeth. The serial killer was ruled out because he died two months before the murder. And the other serial killer confessed to the crime but suffered from severe schizophrenia. So it was thought to be a false confession. Police didn't have any better luck identifying the victim. She had long red hair pulled back into a ponytail, pink polish on her toenails, and a pair of Wrangler jeans and a blue bandana had been stuffed under her head. The body was exhumed in 1980, 2000, and 2013 for additional analysis and collecting evidence. Um, there were multiple attempts at facial reconstruction over the years um, and yeah, all this stuff. So what is notable about her, and you'll remember this, is that um, there was a theory that she had been an extra in Jaws on the beach scene. Oh, Do you remember? Yeah. So there was a lady in the crowd wearing like Wrangler jeans with like a blue bandana. Mm-hmm. And I think it was like, I don't know, someone's like Stephen King's son or something. It was someone who like saw it and like, you know started that theory in like 2015 so yeah it was just like this like lady that you know nobody knew who she was and then the jaws thing kind of blew it up again because people like oh my god like she was because it was just like on the beach in that area and they were just grabbing extras and people like oh my god she was in the scene and then she was like murdered later um so yeah there have been a bunch of like false leads over the years 
Um, oh no, just horror author Joe Hill suggested she might have been an extra. Um, so long story short, obviously you know this, but 50 years later, um, they finally made an identification using genetic genealogy. Um, so like DNA testing and like tracing to like family trees and stuff, um, which was how they got, they caught like the Golden State Killer pretty recently. Okay, so she was identified. So on nearly 50 years later, on October 31st, the FBI announced that it had finally identified the woman as Ruth Marie Terry, a native of Tennessee who was 37 at the time of her death. Um, Terry was born in 1936, had connections to the states of California, Massachusetts, and Michigan. She was a daughter, sister, aunt, wife, and mother. Further details have not been released out of respect for her family because the murder investigation is still ongoing. Um, these were some of the like facial reconstructions that they did. But yeah, so I guess over the years, they were just like when they exhumed the body and stuff, they were collecting DNA samples and adding them to like their database mm-hmm. um, because she was, you know, and trying to match it with like whisking, <laughs> missing women. <laughs> Um, and then because of like all like the home DNA testing kits and all that stuff, there's like a lot more DNA Mm -hmm. like in the database. Um, so that's why they're able to kind of make a connection. Um, so earlier this year, according to DNA cells, uh, skeletal evidence was sent to Othram's lab in Texas, which specializes in conducting forensic genealogy for unsolved murders and missing persons. Various chemical treatments from past attempts to exact forensic evidence of the remains had thwarted earlier efforts to build the DNA profile of the victim. But Otherm eventually derived a usable sample despite the chemical damage and some microbial contamination. The FBI used the resulting DNA profile to search genealogical databases and eventually located a close relative of Terry's. Terry's identification was confirmed through subsequent DNA testing. So, and then this is what she actually looked like. Okay, so nothing like the no. picture thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was five, six and a half, 146 pounds. Hey, but yeah. Like you. Five, six and a half, not the other one. <laughs> yeah, watch yourself. <laughs> um, but yeah. So it wasn't the lady in Jaws. That's no, it wasn't. That I know. so cool. I know. Um, no, it wasn't. But yeah, it's just crazy that like, we, I don't even know what you're, if you want to look it up and find that episode, but like, I don't know what year we um, recorded that, but like then in late 2022, they like end up finding this lady for like 50 yeah, years. Yeah, it's interesting that they like still continue to, you know, try to solve those. Yeah. It's like for 50 years, nobody knew who she was. And then, yeah. But it is kind of a bummer that it wasn't the lady in Jaws, but I know, you know. that would have been so cool. Yeah. Yeah, so she has a name. I mean, yeah, they haven't really released much else. Yeah, I was gonna her. say, I wish they. I mean, I get it, but I wish they would like, you know, there was more information on like what happened. But I think it sounds like they're still investigating now that like you know they have way more information than than they did in the last fifty years. They know who she was, but they yeah. still don't know who killed her. Yeah, but hopefully they can use who she was to kind of like yeah track figure it out. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, Ruth Marie Terry. Just want to see if there are any other updates. 2020. Wow. September 2020. So almost two years ago. mm -hmm. So then two years after that. Wow. That's cool, though, that they can do that. That's amazing that, like, decades later, they can figure out who the person was. That's so sad, though. Like, everyone that knew her is dead. Not everyone. I mean, like, dead or, like, moved on. Well, she has kids, so they're probably alive. If, If... she was 37 in 1974. Her kids are maybe, like, Yeah, but I feel like I was just, like, 
I mean, I guess her own kids, yeah, obviously mm-hmm. her own kids, but like everyone else has just kind of moved on with their lives, you mm-hmm. know? I guess that's what happens when you die, but like, I don't know. But then that's the other thing too. Like if they were trying to figure out who it was, wouldn't like people be like, hey, my mom looked like that and went missing? Like, I mean, look at the freaking facial reconstruction. No, not, the, not that, not that. Like, <laughs> like she had red hair and like what oh, she was yeah. wearing, you know? Well, that's why it's like, <laughs> how many different people are there? None of those look similar. Yeah, they're all terrible. And none of them look like her. Um, I don't know. It's like maybe she ran away from her family. Like, who knows, right? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. So, but yeah. And imagine, like, updating the Wikipedia after all those years. I know. Um, but I'm sure, you know, we'll keep an eye. If there's another update, we will definitely yeah. share that. We'll keep, we'll keep tabs on Ruth. What's her name? Ruth Marie Terry. Ruth Marie Terry. All right. One name. Yeah. Um, this next one, I, can, I can't I can remember. I know, I don't know if it was in the Alden Solved Mystery episode. I know we've talked about it. And I cannot remember if we actually shared the, like, the the solving of this. I feel like maybe we did, but I didn't remember any of this. So, okay. So, it's the toxic lady, Gloria Ramirez, who they brought her into a hospital. And then everyone started, like, getting... Like she was dying, yeah, and they all yeah. We didn't talk about like what it actually was, did no, we? I okay. Think so. I, yeah, I didn't think so either. But I was like, did we? Like maybe we did, but I don't think so. Um, okay, so just to kind of recap, um, just 45 minutes after arriving at a California hospital on February 19th, 1994, Gloria Ramirez okay. was pronounced dead. But strange fumes from her body inexplicably made her doctors sick. So she was called the toxic lady. So she was an ordinary, ordinary woman living in Riverside, California, with two children and a husband, Reverend Brian Taylor. Um, called her oh and a husband period reverend (laughs) taylor husband was not a reverend i was surprised um called her a friend to everyone she met and a joker who brought joy to others however that all changed well on that date when she was rushed to general hospital in riverside not only would she die that night but her body would mysteriously make those around her sick and though that can't be conclusively explained she remains to be widely known as a toxic lady to this day wait so she went to the hospital because of that um, that night, Gloria Ramirez was undergoing a rapid heartbeat and a drop in blood pressure. The woman could hardly breathe and was answering questions in incoherent sentences. Mm-hmm. To make this even more unusual, she was just 31 years old. Oh, wow. Damn, she looks freaking old. She looks like 43. <laughs> um, doctors and nurses went to work on Ramirez right away to try to save her life. They followed procedures as much as possible by injecting her with drugs to try to bring her vital signs to normal. Nothing worked. When nurses removed the woman's shirt to apply defibrillator electrodes, they noticed a strange oily sheen on her body. Medical staff also smelled a fruity, garlicky odor coming Ah. from her mouth. Nurses then placed a syringe in Ramirez's arm to obtain a blood sample. Her blood smelled like ammonia. There were manila-colored particles floating in her blood. The doctor in charge of the ER that night looked at the blood sample and agreed with the nurses on duty. Something wasn't right with the patient and had nothing to do with heart failure. Suddenly, one of the attending nurses started to faint. Another nurse developed breathing problems. A third nurse passed out, and when she awoke, she was unable to move her arms or legs. What was going on? A total of six people were unable to treat Ramirez because they kept having strange symptoms that were somehow related to the patient. Symptoms ranged from fainting and shortness of breath to nausea and temporary paralysis. Ramirez died that night. Even after the patient's death, the night at the hospital got even weirder. In order to handle the body, a special team arrived in hazmat suits. Team searched the ER for any signs of poison gas, toxins, or other foreign substances. The hazmat team didn't find anything that could suggest how the medical staff fainted. The team then put the body in a sealed aluminum casket. An autopsy happened didn't happen until almost a week later. 
and in a special room where the autopsy team conducted its work in hazmat suits as a precaution. The press dubbed her as a toxic lady because no one could get near the body without facing a bevy of medical problems, yet no one could point to definitive cause shortly after her death. Officials conducted three autopsies. One occurred six days after her death, then six weeks and right before her burial. A more thorough autopsy happened in March, more than a month after she passed away. That team concluded that there were signs of Tylenol, lidocaine, codeine, and Tegan in her system. Tegan is an anti-nausea medication, and it breaks down into A-M-I-N-E-S. Amines in the body. Amines? I have no idea. Amines? Are related to ammonia, which could explain the ammonia smell in Ramirez's blood sample at the hospital. Um, okay, so, uh, bah, bah, bah. more importantly, the toxicology report said that Ramirez had large amounts of dimethyl sulfone in her blood and tissues. That substance does occur, nat- does occur naturally in the human body as it breaks down certain substances. Once it Once an item enters the body, it disappears quickly with a half-life of just three days. However, there was so much in Ramirez's system, it still registered at three times the normal amount six weeks following her death. Three weeks later, in April, county officials announced that Ramirez died of heart failure due to kidney failure brought on by late-stage cervical cancer. Ramirez was diagnosed with cancer six weeks before her death. The unusual substances in her blood were too low to explain her death, even though there were elevated levels of ammonia and dimethyl sulfone in her body. It took county officials two months to release the body for a proper funeral because of the toxicity levels and fears that people would faint or pass out. The woman's family was incensed. Her sister blamed deplorable conditions at the hospital for the death. Although the city was cited for violations in the past, um, the facility was cited for violations in the past, there was nothing in the county's investigation that pointed to conditions in the hospital being at fault. So an investigation lasted several months. Uh, officials concluded that the hospital staff suffered from too much stress and suffered from mass sociogenic illness triggered by an odor. In other words, it was mass hysteria. Medical staff at the hospital urged the coroner's office to take a closer look at the file. The assistant deputy director, Pat Grant, made a startling conclusion. So why was everyone getting sick? So apparently, so we found out that six weeks before she died, she had Mm -hmm. this cancer diagnosis. Um, so she had covered, um, so she covered her skin from head to toe in DMSO or dimethyl sulfone as a possible way to cure her late stage cervical cancer. Medical science labeled DMSO a toxic substance in 1965. Oh, so goodness. it's like poison, basically. <laughs> the reasons for Ramirez's use of a toxic substance on her skin goes back to when DMSO was all the rage as a cure-all. Of course. Research in the early 60s led doctors to believe that DMSO could relieve pain and reduce anxiety. Athletes would even rub DMSO cream on their skin to relieve aches and muscles. Then a study in mice showed DMSO could ruin your eyesight. The fat of DMSO stopped, for the most part. DMSO gained an underground following as a cure-all for many types of ailments. By the late 70s, the only way to get this substance was a degreaser in hardware stores. The DMSO found in degreasers was 99% pure as opposed to a less concentrated form that was in muscle creams in the 60s. So just straight up poison from like the hardware store. (laughs) From head to toe. (laughs) 
Grant looked up what happens to DMSO when it's exposed to oxygen and had a revelation. The substance converts to dimethyl sulfate, not sulfone, because it adds oxygen to its chemical structure. Dimethyl sulfate acts much differently than dimethyl sulfone. As a gas, dimethyl sulfate vapors destroy cells in people's eyes, lungs, and mouth. When this body gets in, when this vapor gets into the body, it can cause convulsions, delirium, and paralysis. Oh my god! Of the twenty symptoms described by medical staff that night, nineteen of them match symptoms of people who have exposure to dimethyl sulfate vapors. The medical staff didn't suffer from mass hysteria or stress; they suffered from, from dimethyl sulfate poisoning. Remember, they said that she had greasy substance yeah. in her body. The, this theory adds up to the facts of the case. DMSO cream would explain the the cream that the doctors noted on Ramirez's mm-hmm. skin. It also explained the fruity, fruity, garlicky odor coming from her mouth. The most likely explanation is that Ramirez, a toxic lady, used DMSO to try to relieve the pain caused by her cancer. So no matter how you look at it, you know, young lady found out, young woman found out she had cancer, too late to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. When medical science could offer her no help, she turned to an archaic substance to try to get some kind of relief. That's that. And that's it. <laughs> Wait, but why was there, didn't they say also, like, there was, like, her blood was, like, there was stuff in her blood? Yeah. They said something about that. Um, they said they found a bunch of substances, right, in her body? Like, yeah. she had taken a bunch of stuff? Was it related to that? Or was that also related to the thing she put all over herself? It might be to the thing she put all over herself. I can't find it. But, yeah. Um, That's sad. It's like- oh, I don't know. I was saying the Tegan, which is an anti-nausea medication, um... And that was about the ammonia smell in her blood. Yeah. But that could, it could be all the maybe stuff she was why, taking, too. Yeah. She was also taking Tylenol, Lidocaine, Codeine, and Tegan. So maybe it was, like, all that stuff she Girl, was taking. Girl, off yourself. I'm sorry. Like, what are you I know. Doing? It's crazy, though. I it's mean, like, it's sad that, like, she, you know, that's she's trying to do – she was that desperate. Yeah. But at the same time, like, girl – I mean, I don't think she thought that it would, like, create some noxious gas. I don't know. <laughs> it was just so interesting because it's, like, where did she – she probably heard it from someone. It was probably right, some, there was no internet someone's – yeah, right? Like, she – yeah. It was, like, someone's aunt or some old person or somebody was, like, oh, actually, there was this thing that they – you know, that we can't use it anymore. But back in the day, it really helped. And it was too good. So now they outlawed it or whatever. And she was, like, oh, I'm desperate. I'll try anything. Yeah. Or I don't know, man. Or it was, like, a, you know, MLM. <laughs> Those weird essential oil people, like – but yeah, just looking for like alternative treatments and like yeah. how dangerous that can be. So yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, but there is a fully logical explanation. Mm-hmm. I know that's crazy. Like mass hysteria. Like no, people are like, they're, they're doctors. Nurses. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. So yeah. that like it can affect like it's something she did to herself, but it I can know. affect people around her. Yeah, because if it wasn't people in the hospital, like what, she was going out in public like that. Like I mean, yeah, it's crazy. So. That's yeah. sad that, you know, you get that desperate and you just... Yeah. So don't use decreasers and just straight up chemicals all over your body. Yeah. If they outlawed things because they're poisonous, like maybe just don't use them, <laughs> please. Also, how would like a, I mean, I don't know anything about anything, but like a topical cream yeah. help the pain you feel inside. And I bet it stink and she's like, oh, this is really strong. It's going to help me. I know? mean, it's probably like like Tiger Mom or something. Like, That's what I was that. thinking. Maybe. But yeah. still, like, it doesn't, I feel, it sounds like she also went a little overboard with it. Yeah, she's taking all the things. Yeah. Yep. So, there you go. Another one solved. Interesting. When was that one solved? Do you know? No. I feel like it was, it's been solved for a while. We just didn't know. We didn't know. <laughs> it was solved when we did the unsolved part. <laughs> Okay, and this last one, again, I would say is, like, semi-solved. Um, 
Oh, semi-soul. The boy in the box. Yes. Was identified after 65 years. Um, and this happened, I think, in 2020, in December 2022. Wow. End of 2022, they solved all the crimes or all the unsolved mysteries. <laughs> like COVID's over, let's solve all the things. <laughs> so if you don't, so if you don't remember, um, in 1957 in Philadelphia, um, they discovered a little boy's remains in a box. Bless you. Bless you. Thank you. Um, So on February 25th, 1957, a college student was wandering in a wooded area of Philadelphia's Fox Chase neighborhood when he found the dead body of a little boy in a box. The child had been beaten to death and wrapped in a blanket before being left in a J.C. Penney box he was found in. J.C. Penney? was around in 1957? That's old. He was malnourished and had seven scars, three of which may have been surgical scars. For years, this unknown child was mostly known as the boy in the box, although his gravestone referred to him as America's unknown child. His death was ruled a homicide by blunt force trauma, but police knew little else about his life or death. A poster with the boy's photo was plastered all over the city, but the unsolved murder of the unidentified child haunted the police department and the Philly community for decades. Then, after nearly 66 years... On December 6, 2022, Philadelphia police held a news conference to reveal they had used the latest DNA and genetic genealogy techniques to identify the boy. His name was Joseph Augustus Zarelli. He'd been born on January 13, 1953, and he was only four years old when he died. Um, so according to the police captain, they shared that the boy's biological parents are dead, but he has living siblings. He said, Joseph has a number of siblings on both the mother and father's side who are living, and it's out of respect for them that their parents' information remain confidential. I wonder why that is. Mm-hmm. Um, there really isn't much after that, I hate to say. Yeah. Uh, we have our suspicions as to who may be responsible, but it would be irresponsible for me to share these suspicions as this remains an ongoing and active criminal investigation. Please hope that Joseph's newly released identity will lead to will lead to fresh leads in the case. And there is a twenty thousand dollar reward for information. So wow, let's figure it out. Um, yeah, let's figure it out. Let's do it. But yeah, it's so sad. I mean, it's it's is that him. Yeah, he's so cute. It's Aww. nice that like he has a name. He's just not this like unknown person. But it's weird that he has siblings, and it's like. Yeah. I mean, maybe he was the first, you know, but it's right. like how, and so, I don't know. I feel like they think it's the parents probably because mm-hmm. like, well, we're not going to share the parents info out of respect and we're not going to say who did it, but it's like, put them on blast. Cause like who else would, I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, maybe he was like kidnapped or something, maybe. but why wouldn't they release their parents information? And why wasn't he reported as a missing person? Mm-hmm. T. T. <laughs> so, um, but imagine as like a sibling, so okay, it's weird, right? It's like okay, if they weren't born yet, yeah. then it's you find it, you find out. Oh crap! My parents had like a sibling before me that they maybe killed. Yeah. Um, if you were alive and you're just too young to remember, is it the kind of thing where it's like, I thought I had a brother, or like I remembered stuff, but I thought it was a dream, or they lied to me, or whatever. <laughs> or it's like you do remember having a brother, but it's like, oh, he died. Like, and like, you just never talked about. Yeah. It. It's just so weird because it's yeah. like yeah, like finding out late in life, like oh, I had a brother who died. And I wonder if they've heard the story of the boy in the box. And it's like, oh, yeah, that was your brother. They didn't know, yeah. So weird. Or did they know? I don't know. So many questions. Yeah. So. Ugh. 
So yeah, we have to have a part three where they fully. I know. These things. I'll try to like, keep that. You know, they identify them. It's great, but it's like, no, we want to know what happened though. Like, yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. But no, that's but it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. And they didn't say how they found his identity. The other uh, one, it was all the like, you know, Joseph. What did I say his name was? Maybe one of the uh, Augustus. Augustus really. Um, maybe one of the siblings said something. Maybe. Oh, in January 2023, his parents were identified. Let's see that. <laughs> Betsy. That's what everyone called her. Like skating and dancing and swooned over Italian boys, oh. wearing out the needle on Frank Sinatra records at her home in the Tioga neighborhood of post-World War II Philadelphia. She was a real beauty, a close family member recalled this week. Yeah, me. Gus was Gus was a concrete and stone mason, a hard worker and a proud family of Italian immigrants in West Philly. Augustus Gus Zarelli and Mary Elizabeth Betsy Abel conceived a child in the spring of 1952, and the boy's short, painful life became one of Miss Philadelphia's greatest unsolved mysteries. The inquiry, based on interviews with members of both families and sources close to the investigation, now knows that police believe uh, that Zarelli and Abel are the parents of the boy, Joseph Augustus Zarelli. Uh, she would have been 21 when he was born. The close, close relative, who asked not to be identified, said she could have put him up for adoption because she had done that before with a daughter. <gasps> Betsy! Girl! Oh. The inquirer has been unable to confirm whether someone adopted Joseph. Interesting. And talks about what high school she went. She graduated from high school in 1949 and was quickly thrust into adulthood. A couple of years after she was planning prom, she was dealing with a pregnancy. Daughter was born in 1950 and immediately put up for adoption um, with a Catholic organization. Then she was a cashier at a theater um, and she met a man, a different man, who she married. Oh, what? <laughs> Let's just read it. Um, <laughs> Abel went on to become a cashier at the Goldman Theater, one of Center City's late great movie houses on 15th Street. John J. Plunkett, a man she'd later marry, according to her obituary, was its manager. The relative does not recall her pregnancy at the time, but expressed doubt that she was involved in the mistreatment or death of Joseph. Betsy, no way in the world, the relative said. Okay. This is a very credible source. Um, <laughs> there was no cruelty, no meanness or cruelty that swelled within her heart and soul, except for giving up her child. <laughs> I was going to say that. Um, yeah. So is that the sibling that's still around? So yeah, right? Know. Defending their mom. Um, citing, so that the way that they... Identified him, I think, citing DNA evidence from both the paternal and maternal sides, along with a birth certificate that slightly misspelled the father's name. Um, what? I don't know. The boy lived around 61st and Market, and they had their suspicions about his final days, but little else. And while they didn't name either parent publicly, publicly the Zarelli surname is uncommon in Philly. Um, the media, along with internet sleuths and genealogists, quickly discovered the small tight-knit family in the region. Gus Rally's four children have not responded to repeated requests for comment, but on Thursday, Dan Bush, a Westchester attorney representing them, said in a statement to the Inquirer that both Gus and his family have been attacked in every possible social media outlet, suggesting the most awful of things, all of which are baseless. Um, each of his children is extraordinarily sympathetic to the death of this young boy, horrified by the events that are being discussed. However, until recently, they had never heard of any of this. They have never been shown anything that links their family or any member of their family to this. Okay, that's even weirder. Yeah. 
The Inquirer confirmed that Gus Sorelli's niece submitted DNA that matched Joseph's. Before that, Abel's relatives had uploaded their DNA for genealogy research. Misty Gillis, a forensic ge- uh, genetic genealogist, blah, 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 um, built out Betsy's extended family tree. Eventually, police came knocking on doors to talk to her relatives. They asked about the five Abel sisters, including Betsy. Who was pregnant and when? What, if any, connection did they have to West Philly? The close relative of Betsy's, who declined to be identified, said the one of the five sisters, <laughs> said the Abel family learned the investigation was about the boy in the box only 48 hours before the news conference. I was stunned, the relative said. I remember this story. We used to get utility bills with his face on it, asking if anyone recognized him. So sus. <laughs> the Zarellis, according to Bush, have received scant information from police and continue to investigate um, whether Gus is even the father of this boy. There's no credible information that the father knew anything of the birth of this child or had anything to do with the life of this child, and certainly nothing even remotely suggesting that he knew of or had anything to do with any harm coming to this child. I couldn't have killed him. I was an absentee father. (laughs) Um, What remains unclear for now is how or where Zarelli met Abel, whether he knew she'd been pregnant and had a child. Zarelli was five years older than Abel and still living with his family. Abel's relative said one of her sisters may have lived in West Philly. Betsy um, lived in a walk-up apartment with Plunkett, her manager, and their daughter, who was born in December 1956. The couple later moved to somewhere else. <laughs> Chris. Um, they had four children together, one of them dying in childbirth. I'm sure. <laughs> um, Gus married in 1958. Um, had a construction and real estate business while accounts he's beloved by his children well respected by peers and showed signs of grace in difficult times he died in 2014 at the age of 87 yeah then they're all just crying about how blindsided their family has been by this news oh god um she died in 1991 as mary betsy plunkett after a prolonged illness she died of lung cancer likely from asbestos exposure <sighs> ay 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 Well, they both seem like great people. I know. Doesn't it? I mean, I don't know. Sounds like they had some sort of an affair. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he was four years old, so she had him for a while. But Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like they could have done it. Yeah, for sure. Or her, at least. Or Plunkett. I don't know. Plunkett. Allegedly. Allegedly. We're not accusing anyone of anything. Allegedly. They're all dead. Whatever. (laughs) Um, So, I don't know. Semi-solved. Aye, aye, aye. But we'll keep an eye out. Yeah. We'll keep you posted. But it is weird that we have, like, these documented episodes from, like, the last few years. And then, like, after 50 years, and then thinking, like, oh, it'll never be solved. Like They never solved. S- solved the Alyssa Lamb thing, did they? No. Spooky. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. And oh. Amelia Earhart. I know. Come on, guys. Get on it. <laughs> what are my tax dollars paying for? I know. Seriously. Um, not relevant, but you saying Elisa Lamb reminded me of something. So I was thinking of the Cecil Hotel, and then so remind me to tell you after. Oh, it just okay. won't be interesting. <laughs> it just won't be interesting for the podcast, but I don't want to forget. Okay. It's about going into like an old building. Ooh, fun! Yeah, I did that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, for the last time from this apartment, Aww. but then the next time we'll be like, oh, we're in the new place. Um, thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much. We love you. Love ya. And love ya. Love ya. And we'll catch you in the new place. Bye. Bye.